Welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar. If you're eager to gain clarity, speak with unwavering confidence, and liberate those inner voices, you're in the perfect spot. My mission here is to empower you to break free, find fulfillment, and ignite your passion. You ready? It's time to say it out loud. I've put together a guide of my top 10 tested and proven to work practical strategies and habits to help bright women like you say no, set your boundaries right, live confidently, and build healthy relationships, starting with the relationship you have with yourself. This is a self-paced guide, and I can't wait for you to dig into it so you can start becoming your most confident self because she's in there waiting for you. Head to the link in my show notes or go to vasavikumar.com forward slash guide and grab it today. You know, I was out on the dock this morning and I'm watching this little leaf, this beautiful little golden leaf just floating on the surface of the water. And I just thought like, this is what surrender looks like. Like this is, this is it. Like summer is surrendering to fall. And what is summer going to do? Fight? Like, no, I'm going to stay here and be in my heat. And like, I'm going to, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like the natural world, the true nature is all about surrender. It's, it's about surrender. And so I fought for so many years. I, I battled, I gripped, I held on so tight for so long. And I have just learned that, you know, it's, it's the, the whole point is to surrender. And I mean, even in the moment where I thought I was going to die the day my daughter was born, like I fully surrendered to what, what I thought might be my last breath. And that in that moment was when I truly was reborn. I mean, I truly was born again. And so was my daughter. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. How often do you take the time to really reflect on your story? where you've come from, how far you've come, the experiences in your life from early on in childhood that have shaped you to be who you are today. The fact is a lot of people do not spend the time to really reflect on how did I get here? What makes me me? Why do I think the way I do? Why do I believe the things that I do? And it's it's really the greatest gift that we can give ourselves to take that time to understand ourselves because most human beings are living somebody else's life. I'm going to say that again. Most, pe- most human beings are living somebody else's life. They are living under the conditioning and the training and the expectations of other people. And it's not until we actually really dig deep and question everything we've been taught, question everything you've been told, everything. Because when you don't question and you just say yes, and you just like, you just live your life according to what everyone's told you, what you're going to find is a huge disconnection. And you may not even realize this, right? You may just be going along, going along and like, okay, everything's fine. This is just the way life is. But if you are a listener of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast, I know that you are more committed and curious and really just want to be able to be fully self-expressed and you want to be you and you want to put your message out into the world and you want to really share more of you and you just want to be self-expressed, whatever that looks like for you. There's no right or wrong to this, right? It's you are you and you, you, you get to be you. And I see that as such an honor. And, uh, right now, um, I am enrolling for the Hit Publish Mastermind, which is 
my six-week mastermind for coaches, therapists, service-based entrepreneurs. Listen, anybody that has a story, let me just say this. If you got a story and you want to use your platform, you want to write a blog, you want to start putting videos out there, you are afraid and you are worried about what people are going to think of you and you know you got a message inside of you, you know you got a story inside of you, you have an art inside of you, you want to start putting yourself out there, then this is the mastermind for you. I, Because I'm a coach and a therapist, I attract a lot of coaches and therapists and service-based entrepreneurs. But you know, one of my previous mastermind mem- members, Becca, she's a blogger. And she she started off by writing about um, going on a date with her body, 30 days. And so like that, that, those are the kind of women that I attract. Like if you have a message and a story and an art and you just want to put yourself out there and you're scared and you don't know how, how and technology scares you and you're like, boss, what do I use? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Like I get it. I get you. I've been doing this for 10 years. I've been putting myself out on the interwebs for 10 years. So let me help you. We start November 5th. And if you head on over to vasvikumar.com forward slash hit publish mastermind, you will get all the details. And I really, really want you to join us in the program. There, all the information's on there, but you get calls with me, you get one-on-one calls with me, group calls, and a beautiful workbook made by yours truly to really help you go from having your powerful desire and vision for what it is that you want to really being focused and taking that action to put yourself out there. And and more than anything, you really get to connect with other creative, brilliant, like minds like yourself. So if you're interested, you have any questions, you can message me um, on Instagram at my name is Vasavi, or you can just go ahead and sign up at vasavikumar.com forward slash hit publish mastermind. All the details are over there. I'm super excited about my guest today, Amber Lillystrom, who not only was I on her podcast, the Amber Lillystrom Show, and we had a great conversation, uh, but now she's here today. And the reason why I wanted to have her on is this. I have this secret, well, not so secret obsession with athletes, male athletes, female athletes, just anyone who has really developed their mind and their body to become these peak performers. And Amber, um, Amber is a D1 soccer player. And now she's an entrepreneur. And she's a host of the Amber Lillystrom show. She's also a transformational branding strategist and business performance coach. The reason why I had her on is because I've always been so fascinated by what it takes to really train and have that type of consistency and discipline in our life. Funny because I brought her on thinking like, okay, how did you go from being, you know, this D1, you know, division one athlete to being this six figure entrepreneur? What is the mindset that it's taken from you to get from, you know, being amazing at soccer to being an amazing entrepreneur, wife and uh, mother? And the conversation didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be like, well, you know, it's all about goal setting and this and that. And while we talk about, you know, having a vision and what it looks like to really go from idea to um, really honing in on your purpose and what what it looks like to really bring that to life, our conversation took a different turn because I was really under the impression that you have to be... And I think I've definitely struggled with this myself is like definitely feeling like, oh, you have to be really rigid in order to get from A to B, um, B to C and whatever. But, you know, based on my conversation with Amber, she actually really shared that um, the same mindset that it took her to become the athlete that she was back in college 
is, you know, she had already trained her mind to be a very consistent and disciplined person. Like hard work is not something that she shies away from. But I think as women, we all know, and a lot of us have experienced that we can often slip into our masculine energy, which is a lot more driving and forceful and extremely ambitious. And while there's nothing wrong with all of those things, oftentimes that often leads us to being extremely burnt out and overworked. So um, she really gave me, and I think will definitely will, will resonate with you, a different approach to doing business and doing life, right? It's not so much about pushing, pushing, shoving, shoving, like making things happen. It's really a lot more about letting things go, having a clear vision and doing what you got to do every day and being consistent. Because the fact is, yes, you can have skill and yes, you can have talent, but the thing like the thing that's going to help you have that leverage um, over anyone else in your industry is being consistent. So we talk a little bit about that as well. And what I really want to say is that she shares a lot of her personal story, especially, you know, um, experiencing sexual molestation from a very, very young age and how that has shaped her and how she, um, how that story has really shaped her and how she has approached her life because of that. And you all know, I always say this on the Being Human Philosophy podcast, it really is, you know, it's really about taking your pain and turning it into power and your stories hold a lot of wisdom. And if you go back to some of the most poignant experiences in your life, you can learn so much about yourself and what you're made of. Um, Amber's been featured in uh, Entrepreneur and Working Mother Magazine and is, like I said, the host of her podcast, The Amber Lillystrom Show. She's the creator of the Ignite Your Soul Summit annual live event and she holds multiple life-changing online programs and she helps entrepreneurs turn their passions into heart-centered brands and thriving businesses. Her mission is to empower women to position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders through social media, engagement marketing, and the creation of an online brand presence. She's worked with thousands of women worldwide, building a seven-figure business from home. My apologies, I said six-figure. This girl's building a seven-figure business from home while also homeschooling her daughter with her husband and business partner, Ben. I am so excited to introduce all of you to Amber Lillystrom. So sit back, relax. You're going to love this conversation and let's dive in. Hello to my brilliant Being Human with Vasavi community. I'm your host, Vasavi Kumar, licensed therapist, confidence mindset expert, business strategist, and a first-generation Indian immigrant woman on a relentless mission to bring you simple and tangible actions and advice to help you step up your life and business. Get ready for unfiltered and unscripted conversations with some of the brightest and realest people I know in mental and emotional health, marketing, and business to help you get out of your head and get moving. I am super excited to share a few ways that you can work with me. You can learn more about those at vasavikumar.com or on my Instagram page at my name is Vasavi. The first way to work with me is directly in a one-on-one VIP capacity. This is a very high level, high touch, personalized opportunity to dig deep with me by your side to excavate your limiting beliefs and work through whatever is stopping you from being, doing, and having anything you want. And you'll be taking a lot of action. The second way to learn from me and be surrounded by people who are committed to becoming the person they were born to be is through my membership community. Mind your own business. To join the community, head on over to VasaviKumar.com. And now it's time for another episode of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Amber, thank you so much for being here on the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. You're my A1 athlete. We're going to talk so much about your journey from 
being a soccer player to now being the entrepreneur that you are, mom, wife, and I'm just so grateful that you're here today. Thank you. Vasavi, I love you. I'm so happy to be here with you. Thank you so much. You know, I, I got to say this, and I, I know I said this to you, uh, you know, right before I hit record, is that I have this deep desire. I've always had this deep desire to be an athlete. Um, and I think, and I've told you this before, even when I was on your podcast, I think what really draws me so much to athletes is the mindset of being an athlete, because I'll be the first one to say it. I got to pay someone to get my ass out of bed and working out. Right. I don't have, and I, and I don't feel like this is a, you know, self-imposed belief. I know myself that to yeah. up physically and get going, I literally need to hand someone money and be accountable to them to have to show up. And so I wanted to start off by asking you, when do you think your, when do you think you were able to develop that mindset? Like, how were you able to develop that mindset from such a young age for you to be so disciplined, mm. to actually call yourself an athlete, right? Like, because mm -hmm. like play sports is one thing, but to call yourself an athlete is, is, you know, I think two different things, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. When do you think that all started for you? Well, I think it, it really came from my upbringing. So my parents both, um, owned the identity of athlete from when I was born, you know, they, they were, they consider themselves athletes. They, you know, so it was never like a multiple choice test. It was just this, there's only one answer here. And, um, admittedly my, so my mom was a gymnastics coach, um, when I was really little. And I actually started doing gymnastics Vasavi when I was 18 months old. Wow. Like there are pictures of these flyers for the gym where my mom taught at. And I'm in the pictures as like an 18 month old baby, like who could walk and run around and do stuff. And I had like my diapers like sticking out of my leotard and I'm doing a scale on the beam. And my mom's like holding my hands and my little leg is up in the air. <laughs> so it was not like, you know, it wasn't something that where I like went and chose it. Um, on my own, it just, it was just like our family's identity, you know, and my dad was a division one athlete. He was a, um, football player and a track, a pole vaulter, a track athlete. He's the captain of the team at UConn, um, mm -hmm. before I was born, obviously. And he also was this like elite skier. I mean, he had the opportunity to go out to the West and be on the national ski team or to stay at home and play on the football team at UConn, like take whichever opportunity, but he didn't want to leave his family. His mom didn't want him to go. So he stayed and took the scholarship instead of going out and being on the national ski team. And, um, you know, even at 76 today, my dad is, uh, does kayak races and still ski races every Monday with like this, I forget what the name of the team is, but there's a woman who's like in her nineties, who's like the leader of this team and they all, they still race. And so, and he, you know, it, it's just been, I remember going to my dad's biathlons and triathlons and races when I was a kid, my mom would go running. Like I can literally... I can still remember the smell of this might sound really gross, but it's very tender to me. Like the smell of my mom's like sweat after her run, when she would come home in the morning, when I would wake up on the weekend and she'd have her little headband on and she had her little yellow Sony disc, um, not disc. No, it was like cassette tape, yellow thing. Right. And she had her little cassette tape. And so, yeah, it was like in my parent, I mean, I was running road races when I was honestly, I think I was like seven I was running races. Like my, I was, a, I was gym, doing gymnastics from 18 months all the way up until I was like 12. I found soccer along the way. So it was just who we were. I mean, we would finish dinner. My parents would take us to the track and we would like just run around the track, but it was like, my parents were doing their workout, but like 
my, they instilled in us, like, you guys love to run at the track. You guys love to run up and down the bleachers. Like <laughs> I look back on the conditioning and the storytelling of it all. I'm like, yeah, that was the only thing that I knew. And I, and I did like it, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't something I was being forced to do. Um, but it was just really celebrated. Like we did, I had tennis, like I learned how to play tennis. I, my, it was very important to my mom when we were young that we learned how to do everything. Like she wanted us, we did swim lessons, super, super, super young, like tiny babies, like learning how to swim right away, learning how to jump off the diving board. Like my mom didn't want us to have physical reasons why we couldn't do things. I had ice skating lessons. Like it's so much, so many opportunities provided to us. My parents worked really hard to make that a possibility, but they wanted us to just like be proficient in our bodies. Um, my mom, I remember her saying like as, doing gymnastics really young helps you to, as an athlete in everything else you're going to do, like really knowing, having spatial awareness, knowing your body, knowing how to like, I mean, even now, you know, I'm 39. I, I play soccer still. I play, had a women's league this summer I was playing in. And I remember this one day I got, I like this gal and I like ran right into each other, hit pretty hard. And I just like went flying, but I rolled and I like rolled right up onto my feet. Like it was nothing but my body knew how to do it. It was the muscle memory. And I was thinking later, I was like, oh yeah, like I learned that as such a young kid. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, kinesthetic awareness. Uh, my brother ended up being a division one pole vaulter. He was a, a very high level gymnast before that. And then he was the captain of the Yukon soccer, uh, excuse me, uh, pole vaulting, you know, track and field team down in Connecticut. So yeah, there's a lot of family history there <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think about parallel uh, you know, parallel to that. So like in the Indian community, right? Like we're going to be, you know, we're going to go to IV. Yes. We're going to become doctors. We're yes. going to be marrying at the age of whatever, 20 something. Um, and it's, it's, it just goes, it's God. I mean, we, are, we have so much power over yes. how, how we want to be like, you know, I like, we have so much power over the next generation. And there's part of me that listens to what you're saying and I am jealous, not like actually jealous. Do you know what I mean? But like, I really yeah. just admire that. I'm like, I'm, I'm almost like a little green with envy. Like, man, I wish my parents pushed me to be more like have that physical endurance rather than like the intellectual. And obviously mm -hmm. that we always wish for, you know, what we didn't have mm -hmm. because I always think about like, I, I learned from a young age how to exercise my mind. Right. And I'm like, damn, if only I had done it the other way, maybe I wouldn't have spent so much time in my head. So I don't want to assume mm. that that's the case for you. But one thing that I wrote down here, because there's this hashtag on Instagram, and I always see it and I do use it sometimes. But would you say then, Amber, would you say strong mind, strong body or strong body leads to a strong mind? Um, no, I think it's strong mind, strong body. I, I 100%. I think that the, um, my body craves movement and craves things, but my mind is, gets to decide what it does. And my mind is in charge. You know, my mind, um, is what helped me to become a high, a division one athlete and to become the captain of a division one soccer team and to overcome multiple knee surgeries, learn how to walk again and get back out on the field, to get back out on the track, to do those fitness tests when I really shouldn't have been. I mean, my leg was not in any shape to be doing what I was doing, but my mind was what helped me to, to do that. So yeah, definitely the mind is what leads the body. And I think the mind influences um, the body and when it comes to health, and it's just so powerful to, you know, to really know how to, how to use the two things together and 
Yeah. So I mean, I, you know, you know how I feel. I think you're incredible. I think you're doing amazing. I love watching your workouts and I love seeing the perseverance and just the, the celebration of your accomplishments with the commitment to elevating that aspect of yourself and, and really meeting yourself as the athlete that you've always been. You just didn't identify as it until now. I didn't. And I, I still look at myself, but I'm like, who am I right now? But it feels really good to be able to, and, and yes, I agree with you too. Uh, strong mind, strong body, but I, you know, for me, because I've always lived in my mind and and not really attached it to the body. Now I'm at a place. I'm 38, where it's like I'm more get I'm getting more in touch with my body, which is having an mm-hmm. impact, calming my mind down. Yes, so, uh, I, you know, I'm all about the the self talk. I believe that everything we we are controlled by what we tell ourselves first and foremost. I just want to kind of get inside your mind a little bit and and learn your self talk. What mm. you know, as a young adult, teenager ish, mm. what did you tell yourself? What were the exact words? that you used when you didn't want to go to practice, when you, you know, felt like a failure because you didn't kick the ball into the goal or whatever, right? Like, what did you actually tell yourself to keep going, you know, versus giving Mm -hmm. up and saying, oh, I guess soccer's not for me. You know what I mean? Like, what did you tell Mm -hmm. yourself? Well, I think it's really important to, um, you know, understand the doorway through which I, I framed soccer for myself, right? And so, and that's, you know, oh, certainly there was a love for the game. I mean, soccer was my first love. There's no question about it. But um, there was a little uh, switch that was flipped when I was like nine, 10 years old, where, where Amber said to Amber in her own little math mind, it was, if you want to go to college, you're going to have to figure out how to get a scholarship to do that because mom and dad clearly are struggling financially and you're not going to be the burden. You're like, you can't, you have to, you got to figure this out, kid. And so I literally, you know, I took that ownership, but I think it's also important to include just the snapshot of my story. You know, I was um, sexually molested when I was three, four years old uh, by an extended family member. I testified in court when I was five. Um, you know, I had this, I had inner self-talk even then, which I do believe that the athlete part of me was, I mean, I was on like the team when I was six years old. You know, I was, I was on, I was like doing routines choreographed doing, you know, tumbling and things like that as a six-year-old, like my daughter's seven right now. And I just go, what in the actual, you know, how is that even real? But it's just where I, where I was, you know, developmentally and from a consciousness level and all those things and what I, what I required of myself, but I grew up really fast. And so having that inner dialogue at nine years old of being like calculating in my mind, like I can't be a burden to mom and dad. Like I already feel like I kind of have like, because this whole thing went down and they've struggled and I've watched the struggle. And I just like, I wanted to be better. Like, I just wanted to make everything better all the time. I was always trying to fix. So I thought, oh, if I just get really good at this, if I work really hard at this, like it's something I can control. Like I can control this. I can work harder. I can train harder. I can... I can do it, you know? And so, and so that was always, I think it's important to speak. Like that was a, a major part of my motivation, major, major. That was the number one motivator for me was scholarship. And then I liked setting goals. I liked kind of playing on the jungle gym of achievement. And then it was like, oh, here's some other carrots. Okay. Um, be the, make the, the, you know, when I was an eighth grader, it was the first year that they actually had a girl's team. So I was like playing with the boys all the way up until I was like 13, 14, And I was like, okay, score the first goal in the history of the program. Got it. Like be the captain of the team. Got it. Make varsity as a freshman. Got it. Be the high scorer. Got it. Be like, be the high scorer every year. 
get all state, get all new England, make the lions cup team, like get the scholarship, get recruited by top 10 schools. Like I just kept setting all these little bars for myself that were mine. They were definitely not my parents. The only rule my parents had was you and your brother cannot play sports unless you're on the honor roll. So that was the rule. And I, so then in my mind, I go, Oh, cool. High honors, Amber high honors. I would set those bars for myself. I just had it in me. I always would just try to push myself harder. I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I think I'm an Enneagram three, like the achievement bug has always been a thing for me. And I also think that I was trying to win love that way. I think that was part of my sort of um, orientation to life, honestly, was if I'm, if I win, like if I'm, if I achieve something, if I get the prize, then I'll, mom and dad will brag about, I'll hear mom bragging on the phone, talking to her friend, you know, like it will make them happy. Dad has more to talk to me about, you know, dad comes to soccer. Like soccer was how my dad and I had a deep relationship because he would come with me to everything. You know, he had to drive me. So we would listen to like, I remember I would listen to my songs on repeat on the way to my games. I remember Alanis Morissette, ironic. I would play it over and over and over my little cassette tape, you know, head over feet. And my dad was like such a sport. He loved it. He loved listening to music together. It was what we did. You know, we were traveling all over. I was playing on three teams a year in my adolescence um, in New Hampshire, driving all over because the city, not even a city, the town I grew up in, we didn't have competitive teams. So we had to drive, you know, an hour plus just for me to train with higher level players. Um, but it was, I just had a, a really like tunnel vision on what it was I was going to do. And I did it, you know, it was like, there was no other option. That was what was going to happen. Let's take a quick break. Having been in therapy since the age of 12, I know firsthand just how powerful the process of finding the right therapist is. Going to therapy and talking things out with my therapist has made me happier, clearer, and most importantly, I have a plan for my mental health. I have tools to be able to communicate with others and also the tools to cope when life gets hard, which it does. So let me ask you a question. Is something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Regardless if you have a clinical mental health issue like depression or anxiety, or if you're just a human who lives in this world who is going through a hard time, Therapy can give you tools to approach your life in a very different way. And that's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, BetterHelp. BetterHelp's mission is to make therapy more affordable and more accessible. And this is an important mission because finding a therapist can be really hard, especially when you're limited to the options in your area. BetterHelp is a platform that makes finding a therapist easier because it's online, it's remote, and by filling out a few questions, BetterHelp can match you to a professional therapist in as little as a few days. It's easy to sign up and get matched with the therapist. There's a link in my description. It's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. That's betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Clicking that link helps support this podcast, but it also gets you 10% off your first month of BetterHelp so you can connect with the therapist and see if it helps you. And because finding a therapist is a little like dating, if you don't really fit with that therapist, which is a common thing with therapy, you can easily switch to a new therapist at no additional cost without stress out about insurance, who's in your network, or anything like that. I don't know where I would be without the help of therapy and my therapist, but I do know that life would feel that much harder. So if you're struggling, consider online therapy with BetterHelp. Click the link in the description or visit betterhelp.com forward slash Vasavi. Thank you again, BetterHelp, for supporting this podcast. So I hear things, I'm hearing everything that you're saying, and my mind yeah. is- in a very linear, no, it, first of all, 
I'm the most scattered as fuck person ever. <laughs> but when it comes to people's stories, I will tell you what I do. Yeah. Just so I can process it and make sense out of it. Um, I look at things like, like, okay, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Oh, and this is why you think this way. So this is what yeah. I'm down. I'm just going to share it with you. You don't have to answer this, but you're on my podcast. So you can, if you want, uh, it's, it's up to you. So I, I wrote this down. I, I wrote, uh, sexual molestation led to burden, led to needing to feel better. And so, and, and also like that was your driving force. And, you know, I, and that, you know, anything you said you wanted, you got. And so for me, I, I wonder if, Amber did not experience sexual molestation, which mm. she wouldn't have felt like a burden because all that stuff didn't go on, the court case and all that. And yeah. then maybe you wouldn't have had the desire to be better because you didn't have the desire to, be, to, to feel like a burden. And while no child should ever go through anything that you went through, there's always that part of me that's like, well, if she mm. hadn't gone through that, then yeah. she wouldn't have had this feeling of burden, being a burden or not wanting to be a burden planted in her in such a young, pure yeah. age. And then she never would have really given a shit so much about being better. And then who knows where she would have been. Yeah. And it's, it's not to justify or make it seem like, oh, look at the silver lining because there's no fucking silver lining, right? Like it sucks. It's, it's awful and it's traumatic. But I wonder, do you ever look at your, your story in that way? Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think you could certainly draw some lines there. Um, I think that my experience of the aftermath of the abuse in my relationship to my parents and like how they experienced it would be told differently. Mm -hmm. But my perception, if I really isolate, and I appreciate how you kind of broke that down there, if I really think about my parents, um, that experience was a catalyst for a lot of stress. You know, like my mom's family stopped talking to us and stuff. And my mom didn't talk to her mom for like 12 years. And so that, of course, caused a lot of you know, my mom like kind of lost her mom, you know, in that. And what that means is they didn't believe us. Like they didn't believe me. They, they said my mom was like, they accused my mom of trying to like make me say that that happened, you know, like what in the actual, um, it's crazy to even like contemplate, especially like, hi, I, I lived it. I, I remember, you know, I remember what, what went down. And I think that, um, that, certainly caused stress. But I also think the way that my parents are <laughs> and just the, the, the stress that they inherited from, you know, being born of um, parents who came over on boats and from through Ellis Island and the whole thing. And just like the heritage of my family, which was like always like not working to make ends meet and stress. And like, we have to we like my brother's exactly the same way. We're like cut from the same cloth. It's, you know, like we both have this always this little like forward lean of like, gotta stay in it, like gotta, you know, like relaxation. It was just not part of the vernacular. Like that's not something that my family ever does. Like my parents both still work 70, 76. They're like, you know, my dad texted yesterday he was supposed to come up and paddle on the we live on a lake and he was gonna come up and paddle his boat and he's like I got too much to do. I got to mow the lawn. I got like this huge list of all this stuff he needed to do. And so I'm like, I do kind of think it's also our wiring that we are just, we're just wired that way. So it's like chicken or the egg. I don't know, but I think it's all, it's a combo pack for sure. Um, with that experience laden in there. And then me just wanting to, you know, I think the other piece Vasavi is like, I really just wanted to get free of it. I almost like wanted to prove to my mom who was so burdened by it. My mom was so burdened, like felt so much guilt because she would, she was going, I was at this person's home, our extended family member. Well, she had, wasn't, here's, here's the loop, ready? You didn't know this part of the story. She was an entrepreneur 
She had a photography business. She had her own business and she was very successful. Now this is back in the eighties, the early eighties. My mom had her own business and um, she ended up selling it because of what went down and she needed to be there for me and my little brother. And she got, she sold her business. She put her camera down. She put it all away. So there's a lot of layers of me being like, mom, I'm okay. Like, like toe touches, like, see, look, like high honors, like captain, come on. I'm good, mom. I'm free. Like you can, it's okay. I got a business. I'm, I'm good. You can't make someone else happy. You can't take someone else's pain and trauma away from them. I've had to learn that one. You know, that's been a big lesson to learn and to accept my mom exactly as she is feeling the feelings that she feels based upon the life experiences that belong to her. But I had to learn that one too. She may feel that guilt for the rest of her life. And that's just, and oh yeah, she said it. She said that, you know, like you won't, it will never go away. You know, it will never go away. And, and I, and you know, I, I'm a mother, so I understand. That's such a helpless feeling to watch somebody else. Like all you want to do is take away their pain. Yesterday I was uh, yeah. talking to my mom, we were FaceTiming and she doesn't, it's funny. My mom, my mom doesn't always ask me about my timeline of addiction and relapse. I, and she admitted it because it's too painful for her to hear. And she was crying to me on FaceTime yesterday. And she goes, I don't want you to think that I don't feel the pain of what you've gone through in your life. She goes, mm. I have to sit and actually bear it. She goes, it'll swallow me whole. Oh, whoa. She, she was like, I just wish there was something that I could have done to have. I just wish you would have had an easy breezy life. And I said, I'm so happy I didn't have an easy breezy life. And it's just so funny because we look at things one way, the person going through it, you know, yes, come right. through it and be like, man, I'm pretty awesome. I wouldn't be who I am today if I hadn't gone through that. But she's kind of the the witness to the pain. So it's so much harder. And I can see why your mom feels that way. And, mm -hmm. and you know, here's the thing. They haven't dealt with their pain about right. the situation. And so that's, that is really quite the thesis here. You know, it really, that's a huge part of my reason for doing the work that I do is like, let's not live our whole life being burdened by the pain of something in the past that is no longer relevant nor active. Like we're in our now, there's an isness here. And the isness is there's, my mom's love for me is so deep and unwavering. Part of her way of showing and expressing that love is actually by still carrying the burden of that pain. Mm. Oh, wow. I never, I never have once thought about it her way. And of course I'm relating this back to my own mother, her way of showing yeah. that she loves you is by caring. Oh God, that's, I know. I'm, I actually don't have anything to say. It's I, <laughs> wow. And now a word from our sponsor. Hey there, this is Vasavi and my membership community, Mind Your Own Business, is the official sponsor of the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. Have you been looking for a community of people who get you, who think like you, and who are determined to becoming the person they were born to be? I'm talking no fluff, direct, real, and a raw community of people who are open-minded and willing to be honest with themselves and be the ultimate creators of their own life that I'm inviting you to join my subscription-based membership community, Mind Your Own Business, a community of people who you can turn to, to seek insight from, and give back to. And I'll be there by your side, leading bi-weekly, monthly membership calls that'll get you inspired, motivated, and on fire to go after anything you want. 
join today by heading over to VasaviKumar.com. Okay, so let me just like swallow that for a second. I did not think that was going to hit me like that. That's that's such that's so sad to me. You know what I mean? Like, wow, you don't. It's sad yeah. to me because it's like, wow, you don't have to carry pain anymore. It's like you deserve to feel free. You don't have to. You know, wow, that's beautiful, Amber. And I, um, you have you have taken what you've gone through, and now you help, yeah, uh, women entrepreneurs who want to make income and make mm-hmm. impact and really free themselves from their past uh, to create what they want right now in their life and their business. And I just want to share this with the audience because we were having some tech issues. I was having tech issues all the way me here. And uh, I was like, Amber, I'm so sorry. And she's, she goes, I'm go with the flow. And I think it's great because after I just wanted my audience to hear this, like you basically, you know, are sharing, you come from a family that like can't really relax. Yeah. to keep going. And yeah. I'm go with the flow. And I definitely feel the go with the flowness with you because I was like shitting a brick. I was like, fuck, I'm having Amber on the show and I'm having all these issues right now. And, you know, <laughs> I, I respect every single guest that comes on, but I, I like to have my shit together. And You're it was so like, sweet. Yeah. yeah. It's no big, you know, I mean, I was laughing with you earlier, like the, the older I get, like so funny, the older I get, right. <laughs> it's like such a funny thing to say. Um, the more relaxed I get. Uh, you know, I almost died. So there's that, you know, I just, it's like the jig is up here, people, yeah. you know, all of the, and it's 2020, the jig is really up. Like all of the, whatever, all of this like hierarchical structure, you know, I was out on the dock this morning and I just walked out there in my bathrobe and I was holding a mug and it's really cold, like 40. I mean, it's like four, I mean, I'm like a popsicle person. So Living in New Hampshire is a hilarious thing that I live here because I'm just such a I'm always cold. But anyway, I'm out there and I'm watching. This is so beautiful. I was writing about this in my book this morning. I was watching the the heat from the water leave and condense into the atmosphere. And so there was this this fog over the water, and it's it's so poetic. And my my little summer loving heart like cracks open every time this part of the season comes. But it's like the first day of fall happening upon us right here as we're recording and. I'm watching this happen and I'm watching this little leaf, this beautiful little golden leaf just floating on the surface of the water. And I just thought like, this is what surrender looks like. Like this is, this is it. Like summer is surrendering to fall. And what is summer going to do? Fight? Like, no, I'm going to stay here and be in my heat. And like, I'm going to, what? Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like the natural world, the true nature is all about surrender. It's, it's about surrender. And so I fought for so many years. I, I battled, I gripped, I held on so tight for so long. And I have just learned that, you know, it's, it's the, the whole point is to surrender. And I mean, even in the moment where I thought I was going to die the day my daughter was born, like I fully surrendered to what, what I thought might be my last breath. And that in that moment was when I truly was reborn. I mean, I truly was born again. And so was my daughter. In a way, though, uh, I think Charles Bukowski says this. He's like, you have to, tr- you have to die in order to truly live, and there are just parts of us that have to die. Or I, I, I think what you know, death, surrender, all the same shit. You know what I mean? Like you have to be willing to let go. You have to be willing to surrender. Have those parts of you that want to hold on, white knuckle gripping, right, and just let that go, so you can truly live. In in recovery, uh, we can, you can pretty much tell who's going to relapse by who's mm. white knuckle gripping. Yeah. Not going back to drugs and alcohol versus 
truly surrendering to God, to their higher power mm-hmm. and just like letting go. So I love the that- same thing goes for people in building their businesses. Okay. You so- can truly tell who's going to actually have success. I mean, in, in a uh, container of time, you know, um, in my programs, I can tell you pretty unequivocally who's going to, who's going to nail it, like get there, get to where they want to go with their vision. Cause it's their vision. And who's going to take a little bit longer and who's, who's going to not make it. Who's going to relapse in the over control lane. Right. So- it's like, I can see, I can see those patterns and how they play out. So let me ask you this. What are, and we don't need to have a specific number, but just, you know, one to three characteristics. How can you tell right away? It's kind of like with an athlete, you know, you could just, yes, athletes are trained, but then there's yeah. some that just have the gift. I hate, for those of you, you might get mad at me saying this, you're just born with it. And that's just something that we have to accept. Some, some people are just born with it. And then there are people who have to work really hard as well. Uh, neither is right or wrong. But for the ones that you just know, Amber, for the women that you work with, like, shit, they got it. They got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are those characteristics, like, off the top of your head? Yeah, they're, they are um, open to having a beginner's mind, mm-hmm. right? They're like, they show up to practice. I'm just going to use the athlete analogies. They show up to practice ready to play. Yes, coachable. So you mean like- They're coachable so ready? coachable. They're like, yeah, learn, you know, let me, they're in, and the other thing is they have a vision, like a very clear vision for what they want. It's like unwavering. Now- it's important to say it doesn't necessarily mean that they fully believe that it's possible for them, but they know like they know like they know, even if it makes no sense and it's weird that their vision is, is what they're supposed to be doing. So, they have so a, those are- They have a vision and they yeah. have a belief in their vision. They have a belief in their vision. They may not necessarily know how the hell they're going to get there, but yeah. they believe enough in their vision, right? Yep, yep. The other thing, they have a sense of humor. They have a sense of humor. They're willing to laugh at themselves. They're willing to um, kind of let things roll a little bit. It doesn't mean that they're not going to like get bajiggity sometimes and like freak out, but they they will kind of like laugh it off, connect, you know? The other thing too, and this is this is the universal, it's like they may not have a word for it. They may not call it God. They may not use any sort of label, but they have faith. You know, they have some sort of faith that it's going to, it's going to see its way through. And they've done enough introspective looking to just see, oh, like how things connect. Like they have, they have clues in their little, you know, their little kit that they bring in and that allows them to really bolster that faith and to, you know, ride the wave because, you know, you and I both know, like we're not in charge. Jeez. I've tried to be in charge. I mean, even like, let me be, let me just like be real with you. I woke up this morning and I could feel it coming last night. And I was like, oh, girl, I could feel my neck and my shoulders getting all tightened up again, getting the grip going back. And we are hosting uh, my, my inner circle, my high-level mastermind retreat at our house this coming weekend. So we have 11 women coming from all over uh, here. We have been working like just nuts to get the house like really dialed in, you know, like just my husband is incredible. He's a saint. He's been painting trim and building out mudrooms and finished a bathroom. And just, you know, we had our friend who's a designer here, um, getting everything, you know, just said, and it's, it's like, it's amazing. It's such a miracle to see this place. Home is, is like one of my number one core values. It's like, I want to get the word tattooed on my body. It's how much home means to me. And, um, it's so sacred to, you know, have, have all these gals come here, but my little over controllers in the back, like 
you know, make it perfect. Like there's going to be cat hair, you know, like I literally got them lint rollers in their freaking gift bags, you know, like just, that's thoughtful. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. That's very thoughtful. Yeah. I know. I mean, it just, it just is what it is when you've got a pet that has fur that comes off of its body. So, you know, it, I, I, I want to say, you know, while I've got a lot figured out, this is that mind body piece, right? So like my subconscious mind is trained to go first to like the grip, the over control, the anxiety, and my body hears it. And my body goes, okay, this is what we're doing. And my shoulders and everything are all, you know, tightened up again. But here's the cool part. My body gave me the signal. And then my conscious mind went, oh, right. We need to chill out. We need to relax. I'm going to go outside and look at the fog and hold my mug and just stand outside. I'm going to put on really relaxing music and drive slowly to school with Ani this morning. I'm going to take it easy today. I'm going to have fun. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do the taskmaster thing. I'm going to relax. And I'm going to tell my body that it's okay, that it can let go, that we can play, that I'm not going to torture it this week. It doesn't have to armor up for anything. Wow. So then my immediate next question is, so then it's so how you're being and how you're choosing to show up each and every day seems polar opposite to when you were an athlete. So yeah, how <laughs> it's funny because I went into this conversation being like, Amber, you were like an a division one athlete and let's yeah. use your mindset to become an entrepreneur. And I'm hearing something completely different. And I love, I, I, I yeah. love because, well, I, I want you to answer this. So how has your conditioning as a D1, Division One athlete trained you to become mm -hmm. the entrepreneur that you are today and, uh, you know, uh, inadvertently help all the women that you work with? Like, what, what is it? Because it's not being a hard ass. It's not being the white knuckle grasping no. woman. What is that? How, how did that help you? Well, you know, I think um, it's learning how you have to be for the goal that you are pursuing. I think there's also that. And the Amber back then believed that she had to be the fittest possible version of herself, which was actually true. Like for, to be a division one athlete and to play center mid and to be the captain of the team, I did. Like I did have to train a ton. I did have to lift weights. I did have to be mindful of my nutrition. Like that was a requirement for that job right? But I have a different job now. And what I am actually training women at and helping women at is no longer training for the jobs that they don't have and, and living for the one that they do, <laughs> the one that they desire. Mm -hmm. And it's a very different um, orientation. And I think if, listen, if I were you know, if someone said to me like, hey, you have the opportunity to try out for a semi-pro women's soccer team right now, I would, one, I would go, ooh, that I would be tantalized by it. I would be excited at the possibility of it to be completely candid, which might sound ridiculous to people. But then I would look at the facts and I would go, well, does the math make sense for my body, right? Does the wheel, my left knee, does she have the capacity? And the answer to that would be probably not. Like, how do I want to spend those miles? Would I rather spend them doing that or like going for walks and running for fun and paddling my boat and doing hit workouts at home? Because I just know that the demands are going to be a different experience for me. And also like, I want to be able to run when I'm like a 60 year old woman. I want to be able to like pick up my grandkids when I'm in my seventies, you know, like I, I want this body to like go the distance and I put a lot of miles on it already. So that old way, like doing that math, it just doesn't make sense. 
And so when you're asking women to like, let's go build this business and they're trying to do everything through their masculine, they're trying to push, 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 push. But that's the thing that caused them the most pain and suffering. It's like the story of like, I have to live as someone other than who I really am. And then they're trying to do this, this, like the stories don't match. So I ask the question of people like, what is the goal? Like, what do you really want? And then what kind of pathway do you want to take to get there? And then we, we help them craft that pathway, whatever that happens to look like at this season of their life. Okay. This is beautiful because how I see this and how I kind of uh, process this in my own brain was like, okay, the, like you said, the Amber back then trying to be the D1 athlete, she had to be really fit. She yeah. had really well. She had to be disciplined. She, she, you know, she, she couldn't miss a pack a practice. She had no. to do her masculine. She had right. to do that. Like, you know, and so there really was not a lot of room probably for your feminine energy. Right. No. Prevail. And no. so now that it's like, it's just the, the, the vision has changed mm -hmm. and what's going to get you to that vision is going to require a different part of you. It, right. it reminds me of that book, right? Like what got you here won't get you there. Like mm -hmm. what, you know, yes. I think if, if anything, how I see this, my, inter my interpretation of your life is that <laughs> you, you trained your mind to get you to all the things as far as being a D1 athlete. So you have the mindset to do it. You have yeah. the, you've, you've trained your mindset at a young yeah. age to be like, I want this. This is what I'm going to do to get it. I'm going to make it happen. And I know how to put in the work. I mean, even as an entrepreneur, like I know how to burn the midnight oil. I know how to had a grit through it. And I also worked in division one athletics for a decade as my profession, as a, you know, working, teaching sport marketing, and then mentoring students and running a division one athletic department in marketing and branding. So I, yeah, I had my whole life, I was in that kind of environment and I learned how to do all of those skills. And then I opted out of that framework because it was not good for my health. And it, and, and I think the other important piece was as a mother to a child, I didn't want to miss the moments I couldn't get back. And I also wanted to build a really successful business. And I live in a time-space reality where I can do both of those things. And so I made the decision when Ani was nine months old to launch my business from scratch and build this thing up. And that's what I've been doing for the last almost, you know, like six and a half plus years. And you're doing such a great job of it, but, but more than what you're doing, because you are doing great, but it's Thanks. who you're being when you're doing it, right? Because we yeah. know, and I can speak to this, I'm sure you know in your circle, and we've all seen this publicly with people kind of sharing it. I'm one to always say this, like, I can be a dude. Like I, I can be extremely masculine and I have lived in my masculine for a very long time. And, um, you know, kind of like you said, the jig is up. I can't is up. like that anymore. So at some point you just got to ask yourself like, okay, what is my vision and how I'm currently doing things right now isn't it, it may get me there but it's gonna i'm gonna have to sacrifice my soul and my sanity right you know I mean? so right. um well when it comes to being human for you okay mm -hmm. and because this is the being human with Vosity podcast what does it mean for you today amber who and you are a combination of everything that's happened in your life your memories your thoughts your experiences your successes your failures your everything what does it mean to you today to be human. Mm. I think that we are um, powerful beyond measure. We're cosmic beings who were put here and we are infinite and our souls are inside of these, these, you know, flesh and bone containers, which is a, it's a gift. It's a sacred gift to get to be here in the physical and to get to touch things and see things. And I had this moment driving Ani to school this morning where I felt um, this sense of remembrance that is hard to even put words to, but I was looking at 
the dew drops on the grass and the leaves on the side of the road and how the sun was illuminating them. And it was like this beautiful, sparkly shine. And I thought, like, I remember that. Like, I, re- I remember that from somewhere else. Like, I, I'm made of that. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it means to be human to me is to also understand that like I'm in a physical body that is, has to obey the laws of gravity and also the laws of polarity and so many other things. And also like this body is going to eventually run out of its capacity and I'm going to be ready to leave it, but I won't, my spirit will never die. You know, my, my soul is infinite. And so it will leave this physical container, but it will never leave, um, I don't know, the universe, the capacity for existing. And that makes me feel really happy to know that that's the truth. There's this uh, saying in Sanskrit, where all the Hindu scriptures are written in Sanskrit, and the Sanskrit phrase is tattvamasi, which means I am that. Mm. And that made me think of your, you know, just what you're saying about the dew drops. I love that visual, by the way. Uh, it just makes me think like, you are that, right? You were every, we, what, what we see, we are that. There's no, separa- there's no separation between the creator and the creation. That's, that's what we believe in Hinduism, right? I would agree, yeah. Like there's no gods out there. It's like, we are that. It's, it can feel blasphemous for some for me saying that, but that is truly what I was raised to believe. And I do believe that. And that's kind yeah. of me that strength of like, and that belief, like I am the creator in my life. Yep. And there's also, like you said, the buck doesn't stop at us. There is a governing force. There's that energy. Um, so I just really appreciate you sharing that so openly because I know it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to share your beliefs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, don't, don't pin me in, you know, I, I, I we are infinite. I, we are, I, and whatever, whatever, you know, structure you need to help you understand that, to embrace it, to bring it into yourself, to feel more enlivened and, and more hopeful and more faith-filled, like, it's perfect. It's perfect. Just do that. Do that. Be that. I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today, Amber. I, I hope you have the best time. I, I know the women in your mastermind are going to love your house. I've been thank watching you. DIY renovations. I mean, other than cooking shows, watching someone's before. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like watching your husband put in the thing, but you know, put in the shelf and your daughter clearing the energy. So um, where can people learn more about you so they can also be up to date with all the, all the beautiful stuff that you share, your DIY home renovations, which just tickles my fancy all the time. Thank you, Vasavi. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. So I'm over um, on Instagram at Amber Liliestrom. And then also on my website is amberliliestrom.com. And I also have a podcast called The Amber Liliestrom Show that Vasavi was on and it was an incredible conversation. So I highly recommend that you guys check that out too. I want to say thank you so much. I, uh, I always say this to all my guests. I'm like, I have a little bit of a hard time saying goodbye. So the episode <laughs> is extended, but I will say one more time. Thank you so much for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. I respect you so much. Um, and thank you for shedding such beautiful wisdom on, you know, on my audience. Oh my goodness. Thank you. And thanks for doing the work, sister. I love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Being Human with Vasavi podcast. For even more inspiration and motivation to be the person you were born to be, grab my free guide on the 10 must-have habits of ultra-confident women over at vasavikumar.com forward slash guide. If you got some golden nuggets from today's episode, which I have no doubt you did, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and leave a heartfelt review. And remember, when you know yourself, you can be, do, and have anything you want.
If you love today's episode, then say it out loud. Subscribe, leave a review, and come say hi over on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Until next time, say it out loud.